0: Listening to now you've seen it, the podcast that endeavors to fill the holes in your essential movie viewing. Here's your host, Gregor Sprague.
1: Hello, and welcome to now you've seen it, the show where we talk about we talk to people who haven't seen a movie, and now they have. Uh, joining me is well, I am of course Gregor Sprague, the host this week. And joining me on the panel is Alice Lauren and Rob Goodman. Um, how you guys doing?
2: Hey, I'm good. How are y'all? <laughs> I'm coming up from the South.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, Gregor. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And joining me is very special guest, uh, Chris Osborne from Pl- the Play Comics podcast. Um, and he is our subject of joking fun picking at because he hasn't seen the movie um, I always preface this by saying this is not we when we say now you've now you've seen it, it is not meant in a mean way. We all have gaps in our movie lexicon uh watching experiences. His just happens to be happened to be past tense uh this movie. uh, but Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm pretty good, all right, so we're gonna get right down to some of the nitty gritty here, and uh so this movie. My Neighbor Totoro. the movie we're talking about. a movie that they would have seen the title My Neighbor Totoro. Um, how did this pass you by? Like, what, what? Uh, are you just not a big anime guy? Like, what's, what, what what's your excuse?
0: I definitely wasn't a big anime guy growing up. Uh, like my dad was in the Air Force. So moving around a lot, I'd never really had friends that were into it, despite having lots of different friends growing up. And so like I'm 30. How crap? How old am I? I'm 33. <laughs> so it wasn't super accessible for me growing up. Like, of course, you had Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball and the super you mainstream played- things like like that
1: I would say because so you're right around my age, it. yeah. You're right around my age, so you would have been at the tail end of of like middle school, high school, or no, like till end of middle school, beginning of high school, where uh, Yu Gi Oh, and Pokemon and Digimon would have came out. Um, at that same time. Yeah. So,
0: like, Digimon and Yu Gi Oh! especially were seen as super kid things. Um, Pokemon yeah. for me was, I mean, that was fine because the game was fun and nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just got lucky with that one on where I lived. Yeah. But I never got into any of the movies because I never knew anybody who had any of the movies. So I didn't have anybody who could expose me to them at all.
1: No, fair enough. Um, so I'm going to ask this because I've, I've realized that I've had this lap lapse in the past with, I think right now I'm batting with all the shows that I've hosted so far. I'm about 50, 50 on movies that I've seen before and movies that I hadn't seen before. So Robin Alice, had you guys seen this before uh, you got drafted to, to talk about this movie?
2: Nope. This, I just saw this today, a few hours ago, actually. Um, I am, No, it's kind of a a hater of anime. I really don't like it. I think it's, no, not in a bad way, but like really nerdy. I really kind of strive to turn away from that nerdiness growing up. Um, but a lot of my friends, people I've dated have been super into anime. I'm a person who, I mean, I, you know, watched a little bit of Pokemon when I was younger. I play some of like the Pokemon video games and Pokemon go now, um, as it's become, you know, cooler and more, more mainstream. Cause I'm totally not, not a hipster about nerd culture, but,
0: um,
2: but, but I'm a person who's like, no, no, Pokemon's not anime. No way. You know i think i've maybe seen i think kiki's delivery service at some point probably some summer camp or something but you know i i I chose this anime summer camp no i I chose this movie um to to, to talk about it because i kind of just wanted to to know what was up you know why you know i i mean this is a very famous studio um like the mascot of the studio so i just i kind of was like you know what let me have some kinship with my friends and exes and (laughs) and see what this is about
1: no yeah that's awesome uh rob what about you have you had you seen this before Uh, no somehow i missed uh
3: my neighbor totoro as well but i was excited to see it i uh liked several other movies from studio ghibli i like uh princess mononoke and uh spirited away, so I was excited to see my neighbor.
1: Nice, nice. Okay, cool. Uh so we are going to take a break and we will talk about the movie.
3: after this ad. Hey, come check out Small Town Mentality Podcast with your host, Ben and... Austin. We are on every Thursday morning. With tips on how to be a more efficient racist. No, no, we don't don't do that. Also, best ways to bag your sister in the sack. No, I don't think we've ever talked about that. Also, we do impressions. We don't do that either. We do have some buttons that we push sometimes. What? And black people. Anyways, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you get a podcast. You can find us closest to your nearing burning cross. No. No, you can't. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at STM Podcast. Okay, thanks. <laughs>
0: Bye. Bye. Two sisters. Their mother is really sick. They have to move to an old house in the country. The neighbor's grandson is a
1: bit of a brat, and what lurks in the nearby forest trolls, but not like internet trolls who don't have a life, real tree root living trolls, trolls who have things to do, places to go, cat buses to ride from studio Ghibli, It's Miyazaki's my neighbor totoro, y'all and we are back, and of course, we are talking about my neighbor Totoro um to give some quick stuff that hasn't that has been mentioned and may not have been. Just, you know, sort of mentioned again. Uh, my Neighbor Totoro was released in 1988 to make my friends at, here at Oracle Media Productions uh, feel really old. Uh, that was the year before I was born. Oh. <laughs> <You know.
2: laughs>
1: yes. No, I do that with Sean, um, uh, Brad Ludwig, and Corey Scott from the Galactic Netcasts. There is like shut up you young man. Oh my god. Uh but it was du- directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Um it's the production company is Studio Ghibli. Um it was re Where did I see it? It had a budget estimated of around 3.7 million dollars. Um but it has made according to Wikipedia 45.1 million dollars. I feel like Dr. Evil after saying that, (laughs) 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 but yeah, so we're just going to sort of dive right into this. So Chris, as the guest, and we sort of have this whole range here of, I mean, I think the only person we're really missing is like the anime super fan, I would say, because I mean, I'm a fan of anime, but I wouldn't say I'm a super fan.
2: Cause didn't you Um, say before recording, this is your second time seeing this?
1: Yes. yes. Um, yeah, because yeah, I'd seen it a couple years ago. And then I was like, and I was trying to find all of the Studio Ghibli movies to watch. And then I'm like, I'll wait. They'll be, it'll, it was like, almost like I knew that it would, they were going to come become available on a streaming service that I probably would have in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because this is like, I think three years before streaming services were really, really popular. But yeah, it was You know, I've seen it a couple times. I respect it. You know, I I enjoy the movie and I'll talk more about it. But it's just, yeah, I I I think we have this whole thing of like with Chris where I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but it sounds like there's a respect for anime, but there just Mm -hmm. wasn't the opportunity because of, you know, living with, you know, being in a military family. Then, you know, we have you, Alice, where it's, I'm a hater. Oh, I'll, I'll watch it i'll watch it because you know my significant you know my partner is watching it sort of deal and then then we got rob who's a little bit more and we got me who's a little bit more we're just missing that person here who's like i live eat sleep and breathe anime
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah so uh chris uh let's dive in what's your overall impression of uh, My Neighbor Totoro. I've really enjoyed
0: it. Um, I've enjoyed all the Studio Ghibli movies that I've seen. I mean, granted, it's been like Kiki's Delivery Service and Spirited Away and Grape of the Fireflies because for some reason I started right at the Onion Factory. But (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But I really like this one, and I really like the whole little universe thing they have kind of building up in there where you know nothing is necessarily super connected at least not that i've picked up on but you have a lot of stylistic connections and things so i mean it's not like the movie is predictable but it's familiar in a good way as i watch more and more of them
1: yeah rob alessandro which one of you guys which one of you wants to go next Um, just general overall impressions
2: yeah, I mean it was it was cute. I mean the animation was pretty good. I thought the little I mean, the little girls were adorable. I mean they are they they steal that show. Obviously, <laughs> they, they steal the show. I mean especially especially May. Um, so yeah, I mean it, I mean it was it was adorable. Their their dad. I don't know if I had a crush on him or wanted a dad like him. Uh, <laughs> I was I was joking that this. This movie should have been should have been called like, and he doesn't care. <laughs> like you know, it was obviously let them do whatever whatever they wanted, pretty much, but really indulge their imaginations. So I mean, it was it was it was cute. It was it was a sweet movie.
3: Yeah, um, and Rob, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I liked it. Um, it was probably though my least favorite of the Studio Ghibli movies that I've seen. I definitely prefer *Spirited Away*. Um, I I thought it was interesting how the how the, there was very little plot to the movie, but it, it it didn't it wasn't necessarily my favorite.
1: Yeah, and and I get that you know because that's sort of how I thought about it, and I've remember seeing um, on YouTube uh, I think it was still when it was on uh, Nerdist, it was still the Dan Cave, but they okay. talked about one of the theories that uh um that like that May's dead it's like this fan theory mm. and where they're pulling from it's so late in there and I'm like w- 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 so you're basing this off of the what is essentially the third act that right. oh, she's died in here. No, this is you know when the catbus comes in and does all that and I'm like w- w- that's interesting. Especially to go off of the fact that it's these, the, the, the whole fan theory is based off of the third act. Yeah, we'll in last all of bit. twenty yeah. minutes.
2: I mean, it's it's a tour through a child's imagination. I tried to just kind of um, obviously suspend disbelief and you know yeah. really really take that journey with them. Um, obviously, with. The mother's illness it it gives it a much sadder turn and and, and based on um real events actually from the he's, he's the director Miyazaki yeah. yes um yes. I didn't know if he was like producer or something but yeah from the director himself and I actually I, I thought the, the mom was gonna die I thought that was gonna be like the big kind of gut punch of everything so it's a very sweet ending as well as well
1: no yeah definitely um because that's One of the things I was going to mention is, you know, the fact that this is Mm -hmm. semi-autobiographical from Miyazaki, um, where him and his brothers as children, uh, their mother suffered from spinal tuberculosis um, and spent much of her time in the hospital. And, you know, it's sort of implied in the film that that's what the mother also suffers from. And it's one of the notes here on the IMDb page. He once said that the film would have been too painful for him to make if the two protagonists were boys instead of girls which I find really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the whole, you know, flipping them and, Oh, how would this, but I can, I can believe it, you know, especially if you, you know, I, I know, cause I know a lot of people who pull pull from their lives cause that's what mm-hmm. you know the most. And so it's, you know, especially with the fact that you're adding this in where this is, it's taking place in, in rural Japan shortly after I believe world war two. And so that's where we get, you know, these, Um, You know, with like the phones not being what we're used to, or you know, it's more of the calling an operator, and they're like, "Okay, I'll wait right here." And I'm sort of thinking, but they don't. Does he know where you're at?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, 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 sort of briefly forgot that there were phones. That I literally turned to my friend watching this, and I was like. Were there phones in the 80s? And he's like, yeah, there were phones for a long time. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, obviously, I don't have cell phones. But I think, you know, first, like a, t- a telegram, you know, why why would not they call? Why didn't they? I mean, obviously, they, they didn't have a phone, but it was just kind of this like, wait, what the heck is going on? Because I'm just also so zeroed in on. You know how the Japanese culture is obviously Japanese phones, but the Japanese culture is is different, and you can really see, you know, different different elements throughout the film as well.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, with the from the 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 bathing scene, we you know oh where the families stay yeah. together. Like that's one of those things that that a lot of people don't think about as their. You know, like with here in the West, like, no, it's very common for, you know, for the families to bathe together and to do, you know, to have like the, you know, the onsen where, you know, where it's like the spring water, you know, from, you know, you know from their water source out there, just filling up the tub and them sitting there, you know, outside and it's like, all right, jump in.
2: But But I I, I think of Japan as more conservative. Like, I know, like, I think of, like, European, you know, sexual or not, you know, nudity standards, you know, a bit more lax. But I would think with with Japan, maybe that would be maybe different. Although, obviously, you know, in a a familial sense, I I, I could see that as well. So,
1: yeah, it's 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 very much you're right on both parts because it is a from what I understand of the culture. Um, it is very, they are very conservative, but at the same time, you know, especially in this time when they're, when the film is taking place, but it's also very much the, you know, sort of like in, I believe it's Sweden or Finland where, you know, everyone gets in a sauna, you know, they are, every, there are more, I think I've heard a heard statistic where there's more saunas than there are people in Sweden. Um, I, I could be, it's one of them Scandinavian countries. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, You know, that's the thing that they do. And it's just like, all right, we're going there, go in here, turn up the steam and you know, sweat out all the beer that we've drank tonight or, you know, just before.
3: It also might be a combination of elements here because I don't think it would be so, so unusual in post-war rural America for at least, you know, family bathing is... Yeah, it seems you know we're coming from a very metropolitan time in American standards, and it seems out there. But you know, years ago in a rural area, I don't think it's that as outlandish as it comes off in 2020.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean also the 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 fact that you have May just while her sister's at school learning, she's running around having her own adventures. Like you get that one that one scene where. Essentially, she's jumped into her world, and she just yells at her dad. After you see her run, you know from you know off camera left, and then come back, you know go all the way across, and she stops in the middle where she started and goes, "Dad, is it lunch time?" And it's like that was thirty seconds, girl. <laughs> and he's he's just entertaining her. And he's like, "No, not yet. You just got out there," and he's you know sitting there grading his papers or whatever he's doing. It, it, that part sets up so for me, it sets up so much because it's like looking at it now, I could almost see, like, oh, that dad's irresponsible. But I'm like, yeah, not nah, really. Because my mom did that with me when I was younger. You know, it was like, oh, you're because she knew where I was at. She's like, oh, he's down at his friends down the house or down the road or next door. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, if I, I'm pretty sure if we had a big woods like that, that it would be like, yeah, I'm in the woods all the time. You know, I'm going to go climb a tree and fall off and probably break my arm or something. Yes. <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, oh, yes. Yes. Trust me. If there was, yeah, if there was a Totoro or, you know, the smaller trolls there. Yeah, I would have loved that. Yes, oh. you
3: better mom. Never see you again.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was so funny when he was at the hospital and he was just, you know, has no idea. Nobody alerted him that his daughter might be missing. People are checking in like a pond. Like no one, you know, he doesn't really know. And then he's like, "Oh, they might be in that tree." I don't know. You know, it just it was so yeah. funny and interesting to me.
1: No, yeah, definitely. Um so what what worked best for you guys with uh, with this movie? Uh, Chris, we'll start with you.
0: I know there's some people that are going to kind of hate on this a little bit because of a lack of plot. But that is something I've really come to love about these. Um, Not Necessarily that I hate plot or anything, but it just it doesn't seem like there's that super happy ending crammed onto the end of it for any reason. It's just it's like how life is. Something just kind of stops and, you know, you know, there's things that are going to go on and still happen in the future.
1: You just don't happen to see them in this story yeah in the in the i'll that in the uh the the words part of it but the uh, like because you watched the credits when they were singing the totoro song right right With the stills really yeah. I the
0: first time because
1: the first time i watched this
0: was like a week or two ago and then i watched it again earlier today so i didn't watch yeah. that part again
1: because in there in there they do it's sort of like the the classic 80s american movie you know like like where they would freeze frame on the actor, and Dan went on to f- to discover the cure for cancer. Um, you know, they never heard from the squid again. You know, it's like like one of those things. It's like that, but there's no words, and so they they show that you know the mom eventually did get better, and you know they all had fun and you know stuff like that. So there there was the wrap up, but yeah, you're right, and I I like that too because it's it's very much one of those slice of life here you're experiencing this one time you know almost like an episode of or episode or two of the rugrats where you're you're in here at this moment you know 12 minutes or 88 minutes later you're out of the moment uh, uh rob what about you
3: i think after i uh relaxed myself into the idea that there wasn't going to be a, a story and just accepted it as kind of ephemeral kind of poetry through animation i really i enjoyed some of the the oddest parts. i really like that this studio has highly detailed backgrounds and then really flat character animation so you kind of get a, a odd way of really focusing in on the characters because they look so different from the background and i i really enjoyed like the part where uh The girls and Totoro were playing ocarinas in the tree that sprouted overnight. Once I accepted that it wasn't like going to be a literal story and took some of the uh, beautiful parts at face value, they they became really enjoyable.
1: All right. And Alice, what about you? What, What worked best
2: for you? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with, with you both. The scenery, landscape is gorgeous. Um, yeah, I mean the, the the lack of plot in a, in a sense. I mean, you're really just following this fantasy, this beautiful journey. Whether it's all in the girl's imagination, just kind of like a theory that I have, or or, or not. I mean, it doesn't doesn't really matter. You know what's you know, imagination and and reality can be kind of, you know, close or or, or not as close. Um, But I think what was interesting was, and I had read that um, originally they wanted to have it be one female character and then it was put into, into two characters with elements of the one character. And seeing the scene specifically where they found out that their mother wasn't doing well. And then you see the ways that each girl really grieves that. I mean, when I saw May just absolutely have a tantrum and start crying, I was like, that's me, I think, maybe. But but also possibly also like the other sister you know kind of nope nope You're I gotta, gotta buck up I gotta yeah Satsuki that's right I have to you know buck up I am mean, I'm, I'm an only child so I don't you know have that, that sisterly kind of connection with anyone but um but but it was just it was so interesting to see how each girl really really grieved that and one became more of the adult and the other was like nope these are all of my emotions I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be a four-year-old about this
1: yeah, and I, I think that's where I I really I, I agree with that completely because it's you know it's very much I could see my niece who is May's age doing this, you know if something were to like, you know if if I were to say oh yeah I'll be over, you know this weekend or whatever yeah and then it's like oh no I can't I've got to go do this I could see you going. But you
2: promised. Yeah, I kind oh, of so. like my my psych degree on this, and kind of was like, well, how are these girls handling their sick mom? Is this dad, you know, acting this way? Although he was, I mean, the mom was pretty similar too. But is this dad acting this this way, this sort of permissive, sweet, you know, kind of putting it all out there sort of way because of, you know, okay, you know, a, a sick mom, I have to really overcompensate.
1: No, definitely. And and, and again, it's, you guys are bringing up all these things that it makes me, it changes my opinion of the movie, but I love this because it's every one I've done. It's changed how I've thought about the movie. Um, you know, even with, you know, and with a lot of these movies, it's like, you know, seeing it for the multiple, you know, multiple time. But yeah, so what, so I'm assuming you, you both or everyone here has seen the 2006 dub. Um, And and for the anime fans who will be watching this, no, we are not going to get into the sub versus dub debate. (laughs) (laughs) I know that is a big debate, and I always tell people, because I have uh, friends who are big anime, um, you know, listeners or watchers and stuff, and I've got people on both sides of the camp like, oh, dub all the way, sub all the way. And I'm like, I prefer dub, and especially if the voice cast is excellent um you know especially with this one um forget who it was yeah i, but, I didn't
2: realize it was dakota fanning and l fanning yep. and i was like i do I not know their voices although it's their little girl yeah, voice this or was, old.
1: yeah this would have been um if i remember correctly this would have been when dakota this would have been shortly after I am Sam and um after that Denzel Washington movie. Um, what was it, Man on Fire that she was in? That was like her big breakthrough movie. Um, I'm looking right now. Yeah, Man on Fire. This would have been like she would have been recording this right at that same time. Um, so I mean she would have been about uh, satsuki's age and the same thing with l fanning who's her her younger sister mm-hmm. um but i only i bring that up because of the fact that there's um and, and and i never noticed it until i'd seen the the trivia part here on imdb um where the original well original the 1993 fox english version dropped a scene because it doesn't quite make sense in english mm-hmm. um and it would have been, it's a scene where Mei is going, Totoro. Like, yeah. she's emphasizing, and it's because in English, or in, in Japanese, Totoro is very similar to the word troll, which is which is Totoro. Probably butchering the pronunciation of both of those words. Mm-hmm. And I apologize, because I, I speak no Japanese. Um, I speak no Japanese at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they did include the quote in the 2006 Disney English uh, version. Um, So I want to point that out there for people who didn't realize, you know, this as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, there's, I will say this because I know, I think Rob mentioned the interconnectivity of it. Like there wasn't really that much interconnectivity between other uh, stuff. And I'm looking here at, some of the other stuff, and it says that the uh soot creatures living in the house reappear and spirited away. That stuff I like more than like the direct um oh gosh, I had an example. Um, you know, it's it's that more creative, almost like Pixar, where it's like, oh here, there's you know, here's here's the ball from Toy Story in Onward or in uh that one dinosaur movie that I haven't seen.
2: Oh yeah, I think they had a Totoro in one of the Toy yep. Story movies.
1: Yeah, Totoro and Toy Story Three.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but you know, I, I always like that like the little Easter eggy stuff, like, oh, look, you see this. Um, you know, like uh I, I know Spider-Man, I think it was Spider-Man one, the first Toby Maguire one, uh where they had it reflected in his eye lens thing, you saw the twin towers. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. That's clever um but not the oh this is a part three of a 50 part epic that we're telling um and so here you've got to see all these other movies no we don't need none of that (laughs) Um, yeah
2: my friend they were trying to figure out because those things that they referred to as acorns in the film but maybe they didn't look like they were acorns maybe it was a bad translation I don't I don't know maybe they look more like hazelnuts or something I don't know what what they were, I mean, I guess it's you know it's fine whatever i can I can pretend they're acorns, but
1: yeah no i I agree with that i mean it's and it's one of those things I didn't think about until um until just now, like with you saying it, it's like, well, no, well, that's a mm. great point, um, and I almost wonder if it's it looks
2: like shell casings, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There
3: is the one shot where she opens her hands and she's got a whole handful of seeds. And it looked like there was multiple different kinds of seeds in her hand. So I wonder if they were trying to translate something that's roughly like tree seeds. But that doesn't sound very poetic in English. But maybe tree seeds is a one syllable word in Japanese. I don't know.
1: So is there anything that didn't work for you guys? Or was it the perfect movie?
2: i know i mean there wasn't
1: really anything that stood out to me
0: um i mean the first time i watched it my wife still hadn't seen it so she you know she's sitting there watching it with me and then like the wonderful person she is the second time we watched it she goes and tells me that she saw a theory on some youtube videos (laughs) and she wouldn't tell me what it was so i'm sitting there trying to guess and of course all my guesses are this person is really dead and that person's really dead so i spent half the time. Time I was watching it trying to figure out okay, which person is really supposed to be dead? Because I purposefully stayed away from any of that kind of stuff before I came yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And then once she finally told me what it was, all right, so is she dead yet? Is
1: she dead yet? Is this the part where they think, she, they think she's dead? <laughs> That's reminded me of uh of the IT crowd. Uh where oh. all where all Roy <laughs> wants to do is watch the I think it was a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's like this fictionalized Quentin Tarantino movie. And then they're all like, oh, did you hear about the twist? Don't tell me there's a twist. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I I guess I would say, like, I know that I said, like, it was nice to be in that child's fantasy thing, but, you know, Totoro and the cat boss, like, isn't the whole, the whole movie. So I would say it kind of went a bit slowly. It You know, the, the, the pacing just wasn't right for me, I guess I would say, especially, like, when they first start moving into the house and they're all the, the soot gremlins and, I mean, so it, in in a sense, there, there was kind of like a, this is kind of boring sort of, sort of sense.
1: No, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it, it is, especially from what I remembered from when I had first seen it years ago, and even thinking about it now because I'd seen it, for the show last week and then I'm like oh and then I was like okay cool I gotta record on Friday and then, and then something came up you know it doesn't matter what it is and I'm like oh okay here I'll re- try trying to figure out what all I'm gonna do and I'm like but it's like yeah I didn't remember like I remembered all the scenes but it didn't seem like it was so long yeah for the first act
2: and the you know, soot gremlins didn't what did they even Do with that, like you know, they had nothing to do with anything, they were just, I guess, the first creatures that were seen, and then it, it just becomes more interesting, you know, ghosts and then creatures that you see after. I don't know,
0: I mean, they're a not scary way to introduce the idea that the girls can see these magical creatures, yeah, yeah. I mean your other option would have been jumping straight to Totoro.
2: Right. And then yeah, it's like, is this a supernatural town or is it not? Yeah.
0: Or granny just
3: saying, hey, did you girls know you could see things that not everybody can see? And I also (laughs) thought, like, is she like
2: some kind of evil magic? Not even not evil, but like magic granny. Yeah. She might be. (laughs) If she was seeing them when she was little.
1: No, fair enough. Um, so, what do you guys think of the acting performances? Like, like we mentioned there, Alice, like you mentioned before, um, this was, you know, the, with this version that we had, it was uh, Dakota Fanning and Elle Fanning, mm-hmm. and it was this was Elle Fanning's first uh, animated movie that she had done. So, what do you what do you think of the performances overall? Which, which I realize is such a tricky question to ask when you're talking about an animated yeah. film.
2: Well, I was I was going to say Al Fanning, I mean, I mean both, both girls, but I mean, especially Al Fanning just killed it. Maybe she was acting like herself, you know, I don't know. But I mean, these are two white girls playing two Japanese girls. Um, so, so maybe there were some differences there, although it was interesting, not that I want to either whitewash or Americanize this movie, but I could see it being like a live action movie with... I don't know, I guess, Dakota Fanning and Elle Fanning, although they're, they're too old now, but so whatever young actresses today. Um, I think the the dad, that was a weird performance for the dad. His dialogue came off a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the adults had some, some interesting dialogue. The grandma was good, though. Yeah. Like, it, like the, the adults kind of seemed more stilted kind of what i would expect of like anime like um like like pokemon or something although i guess everyone sounds in pokemon
1: but but, but that's a great point because it's it's i think yeah i I think it's it's a thing that happens with all animation or a lot of animation when the kids are the focus like like, like I, i go back to rugrats and it's like okay you know, grandpa had a sleeping disorder. You know, it's like every time, you know, every time that grandpa had to watch the kids, you know, Dee, Dee and I'm um, like Stu yeah. Stu leave and grandpa's there. And it's like, dude, they just left. I mean, you can't, <laughs> you, you think there'd be some setup before of him going, oh, yeah, I got the whippersnappers. No, it's boom. <laughs> ow. I mean, you know, even earlier, you know, Charlie Brown, you know, mm-hmm. all the adults, it's the wah yeah. wah 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 wah. You know, they don't ever have a, actually any dialogue. So yeah, wasn't, I mean,
2: the, wasn't the rule that uh, adults usually voice children? Because then you get something like Charlie Brown where you get kids and they're like, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to.
1: Well, it's tricky. So with that in animation, it depends because um, for movies, a lot of times they'll use kids um so like uh what i think of is there's a girl th- th- there there was a girl who was the age of boo in uh monster's Yeah. Act. yeah um and then actually uh there was the little
2: girl in south park i think yeah
1: yeah, yeah like little girl in south park um but then you get like rugrats or the simpsons yeah. where the, uh, the kids were all voiced by adults.
2: I mean, they couldn't be babies and Rugrats. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, then again,
1: yeah, it's. <laughs> but it, it's you. You then you then could go like the Steven Universe route, where mm-hmm. you have you have a kid that is this age voicing the the kid or it's the Amazing that. World of Gumball, um, you know, two shows that are on Cartoon Network right now. Where they've recast as the kids have gotten older, mm-hmm. and you know their voices have changed, where yeah. if you go adults playing younger, especially for yeah. an animated movie, because you don't you don't need to see their faces the the artists might use them use that for references if they say a word very particularly, mm-hmm. you know they might use that and be like, "Oh right, yeah, we want to throw in his eye twitch or whatever when he says darn nabbit or whatever the 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 thing might be but this movie would make a bad example for that
3: because by the time they got to the fannings that this movie had already been completely animated so they're rewriting the script so that the english words kind of line up with pre-animated mouths
2: that's true
3: opposed to what you so really this in in that way would have made the most sense to have adults. Although yeah. although this is a very childish movie, so you don't really need and might be harmed by a adult sensibility. Mm, uh, yeah. Trying trying to act like children when you're an adult that comes with a lot of baggage. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what do you guys think of the music? This is the last part. before we do the concluding up that I'm gonna hit here but the music in there I personally had to fast forward through the end song because even now while talking about it the that song is stuck in my head and it's like oh god. No. i remember it now
2: but i i did yeah yeah it was a adorable end song i don't remember any of the music during the movie though i don't think i just as soon as you said that i'm like was there a score i have no i have no recollection
0: <laughs> i mean i'm right there with you on that um i don't remember it standing out in a bad way which i guess is good because it's not like it ruined anything but i'm not going to hear a song from this except for those opening credits and Say, oh, this is from my neighbor Totoro, and and
1: I guess that's a good thing, though. That you know, if it's um, I don't know if I'd go all the way to good, but it's not a bad thing. Well, I mean, that it's just kind of a thing. Well, yeah, but I mean, a good score for a movie, in my or at least in my opinion, it shouldn't take away from the movie. You know, if they're um like to give an example when they uh I wonder if they did it in the movie or if it was just in the trailer. But for Suicide Squad, when they played Spirit in the Sky. I'm like that's lazy song things there. I mean, you know, yeah, okay, yes, they're flying. Oh, so let's play "Spirit in the Sky," mainly because I believe I can fly. By uh, R. Kelly might be a little too not right for this situation, yeah. but yet "Spirit in the Sky" worked in Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. You know, so I mean, it's it's one of those things like it, like a good score can help. But, and I don't, there wasn't too much with it, like, the only, on the IBB, the soundtrack credits, there's only the two songs. But I wanted to say that they used, like, and I'll say this, like, more like the Foley work, like the sound effects. All of it seemed to work. There wasn't ever any jarring thing for me. And that might all be good scoring,
3: but... I I think that to say something's a great score, wouldn't you wind up with, you know, uh, the Imperial Mart for Totoro.
2: Yeah, I, I was exactly going to say, like, I I, 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 yeah, like, um. I've never seen Jaws, but I know like the Jaws theme and I use, like everyone in quarantine, I use TikTok and I jokingly <laughs> put like the Jaws theme under like a squirrel uh-huh. eating a nut or something and it made everything seem so much more intense. You know, even <laughs> though it was just, just a squirrel, but I mean, great score, great music. I mean, uh, it's in the name, I got <laughs> underscored. It, it makes you makes you feel
1: you're hitting it right here <laughs> you know and um,
2: i feel very nervous for that squirrel when you put some <laughs> you know some some music under it so
1: <laughs> oh yeah and it's i mean i i don't disagree with you at all the other thing <laughs> we'll add in there is with the dad um mm-hmm. he it, it was tim daly was the actor for the two thousand. Five two thousand six uh, on okay. Disney version, as it is called. Who was the voice of Superman in Superman the Animated Series? Mm, there we go. Just throwing that out there because I'm like, oh, hey, Professor yeah. Kusakabe sure was super, ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also mentioned that because I've been watching uh, Batman the Animated Series a lot while in lockdown. Well, when I am in lockdown, since I am an essential worker. But this isn't a show about that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) This is a show that if we're still in this, will be an escape, hopefully. So wrapping up with your overall impressions, uh, what do you guys like? I know I sort of hit it at the beginning, but actually, no, hold on. Save that. Scratch that. Forget whatever all this stuff I just said, because it's sort of going to be redundant. Um, And we're going to take a break. Gather ourselves. And be right back. You see it. Norway
0: reeling from twin attacks. First, a suspected car bomb.
1: Thomas Quick
3: was known as Sweden's worst serial killer. Quick was convicted.
0: Kim Val disappeared after boarding Madsen's submarine in Copenhagen harbor last August.
2: Terrorism, miscarriages of justice, serial killers, disappearances. From the known, To the lesser known, we give you true crime from the dark and frozen regions of Northern Europe. This is Nordic True Crime. Subscribe to our bi weekly episodes on iTunes, Spotify, or on your podcast provider. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. At Nordic True Crime.
1: All right, and we are back, and we're going to do a fun little thing before we rate our movie from zero to ten dollars as to how much you would pay if it was available in theaters right now. And we're going to cast the re the redubbing of this, Ooh. Um, mm. because to do a remake, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to touch this unless Hayao Miyazaki was doing it.
2: Right, I feel like it would be horrible. Like, I, I, I know. It's, well, not horrible, but, like, I mean, like, controversial, you know, because, I mean, seeing this, like, I saw it dubbed, and I almost, like, I couldn't see how, I, I couldn't imagine it in Japanese, weirdly enough. Um, so that's why it was, like, easier for me to think about, like, oh, if we could just completely you know, whitewash, Americanize, you know, whatever you want to say and have like a live action movie because I, I, I could see like, I mean, the story is a, it's a universal story. Mm-hmm. Now there are some Japanese elements that you know have to be right there you know you can't you can't really take them with you um and it would be horrible if you if you change those so i know i'm trying to think of it either in redubbing or i guess in a controversial live action american film
1: <laughs> oh no we're not going to go that way this is strictly yeah. just going to be the animated <laughs> okay. because i mean we've sort of seen how that worked out for uh
2: yeah for ghost in the, uh, show. <laughs> ghost in the
1: show which i really enjoyed the movie and but it's like, you know, I get where everyone's coming from, so it's like, okay, fine. Yeah. No, 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 no. But we're gonna um sort of and we don't have to do everyone, but I figure, you know, the daughters, um, you know, uh, you know, Sasuke and May, uh, you know, the dad, um, you know, the mom, maybe grandma, Kanto, mm-hmm. if you want to go crazy, who was the boy that I couldn't tell if he had a crush on Satsuke. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was not a big fan of him. I was like, "What the heck?"
1: Yeah, it was. I loved him. That's how a little boy that age is gonna act. Yeah, and that's where I was like, yeah. "I'm like, is this, this is he crushing or is he like me and just awkward?" Yeah, <laughs> not
2: that people aren't like doing favors for each other, but like all of the like giving the umbrella to you know to someone else, and it just felt like beyond that, like a very. You know, if if we can get together as a group versus like kind of being individual in their intentions.
3: Yeah, I think that your real clue to the fact that Kanta has a crush is that oh, the yeah. way uh, the way he reacts to his mom finding out the, about the umbrella and the subtle kind of wink that the mom gives when uh, Shotsky returns the umbrella. Yeah, it seems like the mom knows there's something going on there, and that's why he. Uh, ran and hide run and hides
1: yeah which, yeah which i found hilarious which is because that's right after him for some reason in my in my head i'm picturing him just like looking looking mad while he's just like he's like here take the umbrella <laughs> runs so i'm actually gonna go i'm gonna I'm gonna try to get things rolling here with the uh with casting the dad See,
0: the first name that popped up for me to voice the dad was Will Friedel.
1: Ooh, yes, that's Ooh, a good that's yes. a
0: good one, yeah. I think he could play off that kind of playing along with the girls, but also making sure he's getting his work done vibe. The dad's got going on really well. And you have an experienced voice actor. So he can yeah. kind of hurt yeah. the cats of everybody else, no matter who everybody else picks.
2: <laughs> Man, that's a good pick. I'm trying to think. Yeah, now I kind of want to go down the, the rabbit hole of experienced voice actors. Let me think.
1: Well, I mean, if we're going that route, if we're going with the experienced voice actors... I mean, Tara Strong would have to be in there. I mean, she voiced Dill Pickles in in Frog Rats. She voiced uh, Raven in Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Um, I think she was Buttercup in the original Powerpuff Girls.
2: Yeah, but I don't know if I'd want to see her playing little girls. I think I would want to give young girls that that chance. Like I really
1: love her though. <laughs> I don't have to like so I'm gonna pick one here, and it's sort of I think she might be a little too old to play May. Mm-hmm. But I mean I could see her sort of as either one depending on how we go. Because I'm sort of leaning for May. It be it would probably be a completely unknown person. Yeah. But um I don't know if any of you have seen the TV show Outmatched on Fox. No, um, I don't it, think so. It stars Jason I Biggs haven't. and, and, and yeah, and I Jason know all Biggs, it yeah, and uh, Maggie Lawson. But they have uh, the youngest daughter on there. Um, her her character's name is Le- uh, Layla or Lila, uh, but the actress's name is Oakley Bull. I could see her playing either the older the, the Satsuki role and then getting the completely unknown. But with how her voice, with how she you know acts, especially on. Outmatched, I could see her playing the May role and getting you know someone else to play Satsky, so I could see her going either way because she's i mean right around ten eleven um mm-hmm. so I mean it would work perfectly fine um mm-hmm. for the mother and actually for the mother, I would honestly probably say if we want to go the strong role uh voice actor role i'd probably put tara strong in that Um, yeah
2: maybe but then i thought she'd be kind of underutilized
1: true but hey i'm casting it so i can pick who i want i
2: know i know i'm just i'm just giving some some feedback I know. I want. I want to stick Tara strong in there, at any means necessary, she can play the dad. I'm gonna say for like from like Despicable Me, there's all the little girls like Miranda Cosgrove. I know she's older, but she still was able to play the young could, girl in that. I could yeah. see.
1: Yeah, I could see Miranda Cosgrove doing doing uh, Satsuki. Yeah. Yeah. Elsie um,
2: Fisher. I was thinking even for Satsuki, i kinda remember what it was. Oh, was it Hotel Transylvania? Selena Gomez, I could see as Satsuki as well. Yeah, that'd
0: be pretty good.
2: But yeah, Elsie Fisher was indespicable in Despicable Me. I don't know how I felt about the movie that she was just in, but. Or maybe not Justin. Oh my god, tears have gone by. But. Oh, who is the girl who was in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Is it Julia? Butters Her name <laughs> I'm making up names now. She just seemed like a very talented actress. And she's young. Julia Butters, I think.
1: I would have had to have seen Once Button. See it. it was already. not it was not
2: it was not it was not good. But she, but
3: she, <laughs> she she, she deserves the hype. <laughs> she had the big scene against Leonardo? Yeah. Are they're talking about being actors.
2: Yeah. Good pick. She's ten, yeah.
1: All right, is there anyone else that you guys can think of, or...
0: I mean, obviously, we're leaving Frank Walker as Totoro and all the various animals. I, right.
2: yeah. I was going to say, I was... Kara Strong as Totoro. Totoro
1: <laughs> Strong. <laughs> I was, see, I was trying to think about, that, like, yeah, like, yes, we could leave Frank Walker, or I was trying to remember who... And I can't think of what you played in any of the things that I've heard him in. Um... But there's like, a, like there's like three voice actors that I could think of that I, I always recognize them when I hear them. Tara Strong is one of them. EJ Daly.
2: I think it was Tommy Pickles.
1: It wasn't EJ Daly that I was thinking of. It was a guy, um, it was D Bradley Baker.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: I was thinking, oh, yeah, it was D Bradley Baker. And there's another guy that he's worked with a lot, um, mm. that I could see them doing some of these because they've done, you know, they'll do all sorts of roles.
2: Oh yeah all that d bradley baker made me think of american dad which made me think of seth MacFarlane for the dad that would be interesting i could see that
1: yeah i know that would or i'm just gonna throw it out there for for the dad uh jk Mm -hmm. simmons
2: okay well Maybe I was gonna say maybe too old. I'm trying to remember J.K. Simmons' voice.
1: Not <laughs> be too intense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you have you seen uh, Legend of Korra? He can pull it back. Okay. I mean, it's not like there. There are times in the and I mentioned that because D. Bradley Baker was on Legend of Korra with him. That's what okay. got me to it. But it's one of those that you know with him, like, especially in the the role that he plays in there. It's not the. The J. Jonah Jameson or the whatever his name was in Whiplash, where yeah. it's like the roar. it's very subdued.
2: Well, I'm thinking about him like in his insurance commercials.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: But if we had either him or if we had Seth MacFarlane, we could have his friend Charlie Theron as the mom, maybe.
1: Yeah. Another one I am thinking of that would be re- that would be really good would be uh, Steve Blum who's done a lot of voice acting. um, I don't
2: don't know that name. And a
1: lot of anime uh, stuff. Where, what one would be? (laughs) I
2: call it Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, that's what I'm going to call it. I don't think that's how you
1: say it. (laughs) Cowboy Bebop, yeah, he was, uh, that's the one that he's, um, like, that's where I first heard of him was through Cowboy Bebop and Big O. You know, when I first got into anime, like he was in all those, you know, now that I'm looking back I'm like, oh, that's the guy that was from here.
2: I've been hearing
1: about, what the heck?
2: Oh, okay. I don't know how to say his name. Vic Magon- Magnolia?
1: V- Vic Magnolia. Yeah.
2: Vic something. Vic M. <laughs> I have heard that name recently. I'm <laughs> just throwing out names. <laughs> I know someone just recently met him at a convention, one of my friends.
1: When I had seen that in something on one of the Wikipedia pages, that's where I, I quickly was able to pick it up. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what, though.
2: Who else have to cast Granny? Granny should be played by... Oh, I wish I had her name in my head. <laughs> oh, um, Cicely Mark Tyson. Hammel. Mark Hamill. I was going to say, like, a really old lady, like Cicely Tyson. <laughs> Betty White will be an
1: old lady. <laughs> <laughs> Granny. See, that's one of those, that, if you did Betty White in that, okay. like, I like it, but it's, for me, it sort of screams, um, like, if you guys have seen Fight Club, oh, Jared yeah. Leto has the the main opening sequence billing. Yeah, he's in like three scenes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's it, it would yeah. it would sort of follow along that same route. Like if we had, um, I'm already blanking on who we had cast as the dad. Um, oh, uh L. and then if yeah. we got like Tara Strong to be the mom, it's like, well, she's such a great voice actress. Yeah, she's only yeah. got like four lines.
2: Yeah, might a, yeah, might as well do a. Impossible reunion have like Christy Carlson Romano. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or a that, like, boy it's meets War- thing, though. That's yep. a
2: great thing. No, that's an awesome thing.
1: We should do or it. A, or a boy meets world reunion and have it be. Uh... Oh God, I, I can't. Think of...
2: Daniel Fishel. Yep, there
1: you go. <laughs> there <he goes. laughs>
2: Everyone in it is gonna be from Boy Meets World. I don't know any Actually, you know what? I was gonna say from Girl Ooh. Meets World, Rowan Blanchard because I could
1: see it. Yeah. 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 Ron Blanchard would do it, would, would be good in in the, in the Sotsky role.
2: Mm-hmm. And then Sabrina Carpenter acting like a child. I don't know. But <laughs> I guess I could see it. We're going to go full boy meets world
1: on this. Well, if you want to go that route, if you want to <laughs> go that route, there's, and I don't know her name, but there's the girl who played, uh, um, the, the little annoying kid that would come in that was Augie's mm. girlfriend, wife, oh. whatever.
2: Oh, I thought you were, um.
1: You know, you could do her, her, but I think she's, I also think she's aged up too much to where she wouldn't have that yeah. that voice. No,
2: I thought, yeah, I thought you were talking about Morgan from world i'm like what <laughs>
1: <laughs> which, which one
2: all ages <laughs> which, which morgan the youngest morgan we can find <laughs>
1: all right so the uh, i think i'm gonna call that part because i I've lost <laughs> who we have for what and what we I still we need to cast, <laughs> I
2: mean, we gonna cast yeah, everybody possible. for every role everyone yeah. for every role Will Ferrell plays everyone. You know how amazing that would be, though. Strong could play everyone. I bet she could do it.
0: That would
1: also be amazing. Yeah. And, and I'm going to put out two just special because I I, I love these guys as people. Mm-hmm. Um, for the for two smaller roles like Conta's father, mm-hmm. uh, or um, I'm trying to find another male role. Um, but it. But doing uh Taika Waititi and Yeah uh, in there and uh Richard ayawati Um oh. in there. So Moss it's from the IT crowd. Room. Yeah. yeah. Or, I was um, of it
2: as like a joke casting because I was just watching the show. Guy Fieri as the dad. I was <laughs> 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 just watching dr- whatever diners and drive-ins. So I was like, all right. <laughs> Throw him in,
1: Dad. Is it lunchtime? Yeah, <laughs> <Not lunchtime. laughs> I forgot got the fifty pounds of burgers. Welcome to Flavor fry. Town, man. <laughs> Flavor <laughs> Town is currently <laughs> closed. I've not seen Guy Fury in a long time in any of his stuff, so I'm like, yeah, <laughs> pass.
2: Oh my god, <laughs> you get the manic energy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We can get all these people to say one line as the little kids hanging out the window and yelling at the school and then top <laughs> bill them all. Stump kicking all the way.
1: <laughs> nice. Uh Nice. So the last thing we're going to do before we close here is uh, we're going to rate the movie with the zero to $10 scale. This would be, and I'm going to preface and get mine out of the way, uh, my the one I do this is definitely a watch for me um, I, I i I'm the one who brought this up to the whole like dollar scale but I always bring it up I always do it more in the when I have seen it in theaters you know opening weekend or you know like later on in the late run or like where I would have watched it or like to have watched it in this case since it's an older older movie for me I would have seen this in the theaters. So for uh, I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm gonna wait on my dollar amount. I'm still trying to fine tune where it would be. But uh, Chris, where would you what would you rate this? You know, from zero to ten dollars.
0: I do have to preface this by saying we have a Cinemark bias, so our movies are like five dollars. <laughs> so Fair enough. My Fair base, enough. Um, my baseline for things is already really thrown off from probably the rest of the country. Um, but like. Easily the seven or eight range. Okay, so
1: seven point five. Sure, I didn't. I <laughs> don't know how much y'all wanted to eliminate those. Oh no, you're good. We can go. I mean, so far it's been point five. We haven't had anyone go. I would pay eight dollars and ninety two cents. We haven't had anyone do that. <laughs> so I know. I
2: think, I, I, I think my first um podcast here where i was talking about like how much i would pay and like i'm cheap but you can't think of it like and what you as like a cheapskate would pay because i was like 50 cents even if i love the movie i want to see it for free you know <laughs>
0: which is but i would Fair. definitely go in and get that like kind of maybe 3d viewing of it or something hmm. I don't know nice what kind nice. of 3D stuff they really could have had in this besides when they were flying around, but if they had a way <laughs> to pull it off, I would go see it that way. Um, the dust bunnies
1: in the beginning.
3: <laughs> yeah, that was one of the best animations they had,
2: yeah. All
1: right, so Alice, uh, ignoring your cheapiness. <laughs>
2: my I'm, cheapiness. <laughs>
1: Um what would you rate this?
2: Yeah, rating, rating it. Um
1: This is where I, th- I think I've gone more to saying to rating it because of because of that fact, you know, like Yeah. Like like where I where I am cheap as like well. Yeah. how many stars?
2: Yeah. Yeah. How many stars did you give it? Um man, I I mean, I don't think I would want to see this again. Um I mean, I I respect its legacy. I think the animation was nice. It was a sweet story. It was cute. Oh man, I I just you know what my my mind is still landing on six. I would say six.
1: Okay, um, Rob, what would you?
3: I think I think before we started this conversation, I was leaning towards six too, but I, I think uh, after we've all talked, I, I feel like I've uh, recognized some more. The
1: errors uh, in your ways. Back to
3: parts, so I'm going to <laughs> go seven, seven dollars.
1: <laughs> I, I say that, of course, you're joking, but, uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm close to you guys. I think I'm the more higher end of this, um, where I am the, uh, my rating, I would say it's about an eight because I do enjoy the movie. Um, and even taking a, aside the fact that I am an anime fan there's part of me that's hoping that I am not going to be cast as the anime guy when movies come out because <laughs> or, or, or when the choices for the movies come in here, because it's like, let's have everyone have a turn here in the host pool of watching an anime. I mean, let's not shove Gregor into that pile. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, I'm a sick, I gonna do an eight and then doing all my uh, scientific maths. Um, that's opening up the calculator app. Uh, We get a rating of 7.12 or 7.13 if you round up because it went one two five, and if you want to round up to the next penny um, for the total there of in the monetary monies spent, which is about on par with the movies that I've reviewed in all honesty. I think V for Vendetta was the lowest one at 575 Mm. British pounds, which translates I think even then like translating, if you convert it to the American dollar, I think it's still roughly was at that point when we recorded, but, and that's a whole other episode or episodes, honestly, I mean, you can go back and listen to all those, um, closing remarks we I'm going to start, I'm going to start things off simply, uh, Chris, uh, for one, thank you for being on here. And uh, where can people find you in the things that you do on the Internet? Well,
0: I have a show called Play Comics where I look at video games based on a comic property and how well they stick to that source material. I use comic really loosely. So if it was like drawn with pictures and word bubbles (laughs) and you can read it then it's a comic whether that's you know a manga or newspaper strips or you know what we traditionally think of as comic books then i'll get it covered so i grab a guest for each episode on those and we just take a look at the comic history th- side of things and then we take a look at the game and you know just, just discuss what they got right what they got wrong what stuff you know they technically got wrong but it's a video game so you can't have superman just blasting his way through everybody because
1: that's no fun <laughs> but man
2: this really I... should have been a game <laughs> i'm just
1: like imagining yeah. that right now but you mean so it's wrong that whenever i play lego or DC, lego dc superheroes or Lego Batman three, that I always jump to Superman because he's invincible, that, that I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Honestly, that's one of the things we like to I like to get people able to talk about in
0: there because yeah. there are things you just have to switch up because it's a game and uh-huh. you just have to kind of accept that something is going to be screwed up like you get some of these fighters like Justice League Task Force or Marvel versus Capcom series and yeah there's no way you could have a little tiny character beat up a Sentinel all by themselves but you have to balance it out for the
1: game Oh yeah yeah definitely um, and that reminded me of the best one because like, it seems like the Lego franchises for both Marvel and DC had the that in quote-unquote invincible character. And it was funny because on the Marvel side, it was Wolverine and it was Stanley, at least for one of them. Because Stanley had a lot of these, uh, had a lot of the powers that the other characters that he created had, even though I don't think he created Wolverine. <laughs> um, but he had the claws. It was funny. Um, but that's a whole other show. Uh, Alice, where uh, where can people find you?
2: Yeah, so I've watched some other movies recently with a commentary track on the Cosmic Geppetto podcast. So if you guys like uh, Endgame, a little commentary track on that. Uh, what's it called? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 commentary track should be out pretty soon. Um I am on the greetings from Wonderfalls podcast that should be coming out sometime this year about the 2004 comedy Wonderfalls. We go episode by episode there. Um I'm on other shows on this now you've seen it podcast. So definitely <laughs> listen to some of my interesting interesting hot takes. And you can find me on Twitter at Ali Mez, A L I M E Z H. Facebook Alice Lauren, and my TikTok is Podcast Socialite.
1: And Rob, where can people find you?
3: Well, I'm the host of the Nuclear Heat Wrestling podcast, and you can always catch up with me on all the social media at
1: Rob the Geek Forty Two. Rob, me and you are gonna have some major words um, <laughs> um, after this. <laughs> um,
2: yeah same same i'd
1: like to talk to <laughs> and and uh i, I I'm of course have been uh, gregor uh you can find me on the socials uh, either that gregor or gregor1942 um and you can find me hopefully in the near future on yeah. a show that chris guessed with me on years ago called the ulcers <laughs> over at galactic Netcast. Um, Elsters.com or Galactic Nightcast will have a plug here at the end, but that wraps it up here for us. And again, I I said this at the beginning. I will say this at the end, just because the show, you know, our show is called Now You've Seen It, where you know we we say this in fun. We 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 talked about you know with all of our guests. You know, we we say these things not out of spite, not out of anger or disgust, but because. We all, we all, we understand we all have these glaring omissions that are, that are out there. Um, so be kind to people, especially in these crazy times, subscribe, rate, review. That's how you can be nice to us. That's how you can be kind to us. You can email us at 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 gmail.com. If you want to be on here, or if you want to suggest a movie, we're open to all of it. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash now you've seen it. Support us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash oraclepodcasts. You can check out this and other wonderful podcasts at oraclepodcast.com. Our opening theme was performed by Eric, Eric Hunt. I have to do that every time. Uh, the voiceover work was performed by the wonderful voice of Steve. You can check out, or you can check him out for all of your voiceover needs at the And we want to thank our broadcasting partners over at Age of Radio, Galactic Netcasts, and the Art, Comedy, and Pop Culture Network. You can find out more about them at ageofradio.org, gncasts.com, that's G-N-C-A-S-T-S.com, and acpnet.net. And the final thing to be said is, bye! Now You've Seen It is a production of Oracle Media
0: Productions in association with Age of Radio and Galactic Netcasts. For more great podcasts, visit oraclepodcasts.com, ageofradio.org, and gncasts.com.